Hello, everyone. We are a half Chinese Brit and a Siberian Russian living in China. We use our unique perspectives to demystify and translate Chinese culture and lifestyle. My name is Lucian, and my name is Artem. We are entrepreneurs who made it in China, and now we are sharing our experience with you. If you want to know more about our careers and China stories, you should listen to our pilot episode. If you want to know more about coronavirus in China, you should listen the second episode, which was deleted from Simalaya, the Chinese podcasting uh, platform. They just deleted it because, like, I don't know, because we talk about politics, which、mm-hmm. actually not. Probably they, when they checked podcast, they、uh, uh, we don't understand the English. This the, this Russian guy English is so bad we don't understand his accent. So like delete delete delete. Like maybe they said some bad things about China,、uh, but we didn't actually,、mm, mm, and they deleted it. But I think that's very that's very typical of you know how sensitive people can be here to to many issues, particularly when it verges towards policy and policy making. It's not about people. Just Himalaya, like just afraid of what if someone blah blah blah. So just, well, and like, that's exactly it, it right? I、so、sent email to them. What the fuck, man? I said like you just you just you just deleted, and it's nothing bad at all. It's okay, like about okay, okay. efficiency、uh, of Chinese measures in、mm-hmm. fighting with coronavirus.、Mm-hmm. And they said,、uh, you better don't st- talk about politics at all.、Mm-hmm. So okay,、mm, so that's why today. We will talk about、uh, Shanghai Zoo. <laughs> Have you seen pandas? <laughs> amazing! I love pandas. That's that's amazing. Or have you seen the new Mulan? <laughs> amazing movie! Wow, this is China is so beautiful. The topics we talked about today were the difference between living in downtown Shanghai and the suburbs. Yeah, we also spoke about what it's like to. Ride an e-bike, an e-scooter around town, and we discuss the topic of gyms and fitness in China. All right, Artem. So, how have you been doing recently? I know that you've recently moved to another part of Shanghai. You've left the city center, which is you call is a countryside. Well, it kind of is in in the minds of people who live in the center of Shanghai. Anything beyond a certain distance is to us pretty far out. Anything beyond found or club streets, right? So, like, if you cannot reach club streets within like twenty RMB by taxi, it's like ah,、uh, outskirts. <laughs>、uh, okay, I moved to Nanxiang. It's not a district. District is actually called Jading, Jading Chu, and it's huge. And the remote part of Jading is really outskirts. It's almost on the border with Suzhou, but I'm closer to center, closer to Puto district. And actually, Nanxiang is、um, is historical、uh, part of Shanghai. It's like historical center of Shanghai. It's very old. We have a, a Laozi, like a old town. We have a Nanxiang Xiaolongbao, which like、uh, all Xiaolongbao comes from, was founded in Nanxiang.、Uh, every, like, I mean, like if not Nanxiang, you will never eat Xiaolongbao at all. So I haven't been there yet. I haven't been to visit Artem in his new home. So I don't know if this is all propaganda and lies about how wonderful his new area is, but. I've had Xiaolongbao in the city center. I've also seen some really beautiful historical buildings in the city center, and I don't think I need to go to Jading, which, by the way, is about 
45 minutes by taxi and about an hour by metro. Nope. No? From this area, well, Jinan Temple, actually. If I go to metro right now, I will be at home 45 minutes, but I'm riding e-bike. So by e-bike, it's like 35, 40 minutes and I'm home. And the thing is, why I moved actually? Because we left, we work both. And I don't need to stay in the office every day before I live just like near the office. So I'm always trying to live near the office. I don't want to be a commuter, right? But uh, as we have our office in Shenzhen, I don't need it in Shanghai. So I moved to Nanxiang. And I got a huge apartment. It's really like a penthouse, man. It's huge. It's like two floors, two bathrooms, 200 square meters altogether, I think. Oh, my God. That's massive. And it's huge for just like 4,000 RMB, which is like $600. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good deal. Uh, you cannot find this price even there. But uh, I was lucky with uh, Fandong, so I got this. With the landlord? Landlord, yeah. yeah, Fandong landlord. So just to put that in perspective, I'm paying 6300 for a 40 square meter-ish apartment in the city center right next to the Bund, which is that very famous Shanghai skyline. So you've got a real comparison between, you know, city center prices and... Uh, Countryside prices. No, actually, countryside prices for this kind of apartment as yours, you could find like 3,500, 3,000 in Ziading. That big apartment is still like in Shanghai, in center Shanghai, it will be like 20,000 maybe. Sure, absolutely. There you can get it like for 8,000. For mm-hmm. 12,000, you can get a, a villa. Mm-hmm. They have actually there a lot of like townhouses there, a lot of like rich people with the kids live there. So it's more like... They have, like, rivers. It's more like Suzhou, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a good nature, good factories. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there are still factories. It's, like, it's so big contrast. At the same uh-huh. time, it's kind of a nature, parks, and then, like, it's still some factories there. The thing is, when I decided to move out of city center, it was, like, because I can focus on my work, the first thing. The second, I didn't need pay so much money and I can get bigger apartment because I'm going to work from home. So I just like want to have some space. And when I moved there, I realized like how people like you, Kambuchi woman. We uh, have a prejudice. We have yeah, a yeah, prejudice like, against the countryside. You moved where? Like Zadin. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, I'm so sorry for you, man. <laughs> oh man. Like uh, one of my friends even said like, oh, can I help you to find cheap apartment inside a city center? I said, <laughs> man, it's not, it's not only about money. I just like, I love to live there. Just like in the evening, I just go for a walk, like a beautiful park. Yeah, you have parks here too, but still not that many people. It's chill. Yeah, the, the thing is, it's chill. Mm-hmm. I think this is very much still after effect of the coronavirus where we've really changed a lot of the things that we do. So we moved out of the office, both Artem and I, we both moved our companies out of the office, out of the WeWork, which is, you know, pretty expensive. I mean, it's beautiful, but it's very expensive. And you have now moved out. And that's actually something I want to ask you about. How do you think your efficiency has gone up or down? Is it okay to work at home? I worked from home before. And in WeWork, you know, so many people want to talk to you, like you, like other people like, always try to talk to you so you cannot like uh, focus on your work. I don't procrastinate. I'm not that guy who like playing video games or watching series. So I'm okay with that. But you know, the thing is, uh, I think I got almost the same situation in Shenzhen when our office was like not in city center. Because actually like in Shenzhen, there is no one city center. 
we had like uh, offices in okay area but then we moved to another but my apartment was still near our previous office and when i moved in that time i was like oh you live so far from this so i mean i don't know and mostly who says this is foreigners I mean, like, foreigners are so spoiled in China. They don't live, they ne- because, like, they need social life. Most of them, like, cannot speak Chinese or they, if they speak, they still hang out with foreigners, right? Or, like, uh, I don't know, Chinese people who can speak English. It means, like, this European bars, European restaurants, different, like, this kind of events. And it's, of, of course, all this in downtown. So they live usually in these convenient for foreigners areas. And they don't live outskirts, you know, like even from my hometown, 40 minutes by transport, like public transport is nothing. It's not like far away. In Moscow, people, commuters spend for two hours and changing like first you take a bus, then you go to metro, then you change two times in the metro, then you get the bus again. Wow. After two, two hours of like traffic jams, like full metro, you are at, at your office. So I think in China with this developed infrastructure and transportation system, you don't feel any discomfort uh, living there. Even like metro, I think it works so well, and even in rush hours, it's not that bad as you see in that freaking videos, you know, when people push all the things. You mean I the think Japanese it, style, Yes, the Japanese. Yeah. People think it's the same in China. No, actually, here, in, even in traffic rush, traffic... In rush hour. In rush hour, this still uh, not that bad, right? So, and when you have electro bike, so I'm okay. Well, I'm very glad you're okay. And I think that's really a testament to how good the transportation system in Shanghai is. All over China is very good, but particularly Shanghai. They've now got the world's largest metro line. It's incredible. They're actually pushing out into other provinces. So I remember when I came traveling in 2008, there were, I think, four or five metro lines. And already, 12 years later, there's now 16 or 17. And that's incredible. So what kind of people live there? I mean, I'm sure there's lots of families and locals there. But are you one of the few young people who've moved there specifically? So for sure, like people with family, but there are a lot of young people because like there are still some companies who have offices, not only in city center, right? And there are some big companies and there are some factories, not like that's factories with a huge pollution. This kind of factories is outside of Shanghai already, but some, you know, electronics, something like this. They're still there. People work there. People live there. And uh, yeah, I mean, there is enough young people and hot girls. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think you're completely right. It is possible to live in Shanghai's outskirts and still enjoy a pretty good social life? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> That's no. the thing. I'm not that uh, in need of social life now. You know, It's still convenient enough to come to downtown as and when you need. Right? Yeah. It's not like a huge pain it's like to come over. 60 renminbi by taxi, which is like uh, less than 10 dollars and 40 minutes and then I'm there. It's, it's 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 I don't know I don't feel any problems and discomfort about this. I'm actually happy that I moved there, and uh, yeah, for sure there's not that many young people. Uh, there are a lot of families, there are a lot of locals who like got their like new apartments because before there was like a countryside, they bought their uh, their ground 
they bought their like houses and then demolish it and make the new buildings and they give them so there are a lot of like local people who live in a kind of cool apartments mm-hmm. because they got it for free that could be an answer when you're asking me who lives there okay. so because before it was i think well that's really cool but i'm not sure i could do that because i think that i'd be sacrificing a lot it's not just about going out and partying because i don't do that anymore but when i come to a place i want to feel like i'm in it right so that's why i very much decided to live inside the city center but again in a fairly local area where there's very few foreigners i didn't want to come to china to just feel like i was back home again so i really feel that i have a fairly authentic chinese experience what there are a lot of foreigners in the bun no Not at all. Not where I live. Mm. There's very few, very few foreigners live at the Bund. Um, maybe they'll come <laughs> as tourists. Then, yes, tourists. Yeah, but a sure, lot. but so what? You go but... out and everywhere, tourists, tourists. It's crowded. It's traffic jams. And the thing is, like, I don't understand. You don't, you don't go out a lot. Mm-hmm. You don't. You're not like uh, socialized. Yeah, you meet for like events, whatever. But you never go to bars. You never mm-hmm. go to clubs. You don't even go for like you listen to live music. Uh, so I don't so know. This is, this so is why actually, you need to live in so city Artem, center? What Artem just said, the last few lines, is actually him just being very mad that I keep rejecting him every time he asks me to go out and party with him. <laughs> no party. I mean, like really, uh, live music. For example, at least live music. Mm. Who's to say that I I don't do that, but with other people? Maybe I just don't do it with you, Artem. Okay. <laughs> ha ha ha. Ha ha okay. ha ha. The thing is, so many companies have their headquarters in downtown Shanghai, right? So clients, meetings, they're all down here. Mm, nope. You know where Stripcom office or Tencent office or like uh, they're all not in the like right in the city center. Where Taohejing, right? Mm, different areas. Where's the furthest meeting you've had for a big company in Shanghai? I think somewhere like uh, near Yampu. Is like up north there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yampu is still not that far though. It's not like Jiajing. People don't understand what are we talking about at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, okay. Well, this I mean, Yampu is significantly is closer than Shanghainese people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Yampu is significantly closer than Jiajing. Anyway. Now that you've moved. I know you're very proud of your new e-bike, which you're riding around town all the time. It's not about be proud of e-bike, but I just like realized how convenient it is. You know, it probably could be not that convenient if you need to charge it like on the stations, you know, or have some like a special parking space. But there is removable battery, and that's amazing. And I just like take this battery home and charge it for a night. Just actually, you need five hours to charge one hundred percent. And then you again go for sixty kilometers range, and Nanxiang from here again about like is it far away? It's just like thirteen kilometers from here, just thirteen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for me, this battery is enough like two times go uh, to Nanxiang and come back to uh, Dingnan area, mm-hmm. and uh, it goes like maximum forty five kilometers per hour. Wow, which is not that fast, but you don't need faster in Shanghai with this uh, traffic, you know. Sure, sure, because and you start stop right, and there's a yeah. actually thirteen kilometers in a straight line, would be like 
on a bike would be like you know a few minutes actually. Yeah, but there are a lot of uh, traffic lights. A lot. I hate okay. it. <laughs> so if not traffic lights, it will be really super fast. But still, it's it's convenient. The thing I love about Shanghai because like in Guangzhou, most of even e-bikes are prohibited. The same in Shenzhen. And here is like it's convenient. Everywhere is lines for like uh, e-bikes. And the thing is like it's it's for in Shanghai with these traffic jams for sure. Like e-bike is an amazing thing. And I'm thinking about like when I will buy a car, it probably will be electro car because it's amazing. I don't know. It's it's so cool to understand that you are not like using gasoline and all those things. That's really cool. But what about other things like the License or the prices and the renting, you know these kinds of things.、Um, actually, I'm renting it. I didn't buy it yet because I want to try it in on winter time. Actually,、mm-hmm. I think in winter it will be super cold, so probably I will return it back. It's 350 renminbi, which is like just 50 dollars. Yeah, 50 dollars for one month, and I don't need to make any deposit, anything. Like just just like I use this bike for 50 dollars. Per month, and it's new. It's good. So it has license plate. Yeah, you need registered, but、uh, the company, renting companies, take care of it. Actually, you cannot uh, write uh, two person cannot ride one one electro bike in Shanghai. So、uh, even you have a space for another person, you could be fined forty renminbi, like seven six dollars for this. Really, I see people riding double yeah. all the time. Yeah, now. I also take、uh, another person with me when it's not rush hour, when police is not there. Or now you can you can notice how people sometimes before the traffic lights or some crossroads, one of the person get off the bike and then go by foot and then sit again on the <laughs> next side of the road. So they,、uh, yeah, there's a that's the the trick. <laughs> Have you done that trick, Artem? Yeah, sure. Oh, right. So you're you're. Criminal, you. I'm a criminal. You're admitting to a crime live、uh, on air. No, I actually paid one time a fine, forty RMB. There was a guy like, "Hey, come here." <laughs> like, I didn't see this. And another guy,、um, it was night time, almost like nine thirty, and I went was going back to my countryside to Nangxiang, <laughs> and there is a, one place is actually is construction work. So the, it was crossroads, but. The only one road was work, so no cars can come out of there, like literally. But it was traffic light, and it was a red light, and I crossed the red light, and then the guy, like a police guy, there, just like in the night, nine thirty, in like godforsaken road, really no <laughs> one usually there. It's like you know, like this gunglu. It's no one What's there. What's a gunglu? Gunglu. What's a gun? Gunglu. 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 Okay. What is lu? Gonglu, gonglu, like a working on the road. public road or something. Okay, it's like different types of roads, different like Gaosu, Gonglu, Dajie, and you know he like was looking at me like Hongdang, Hongdang, like like red light, red light. I said sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, I was preparing to just pay、uh, the, the, the because like it's not that、uh, strict for electro bikes. If you like、uh, on the car. And like cross the red light is like more strict, right? Sure, but so, I, like you said, I mean, bicycle is like fifty or sixty RMB fine also.、Uh-huh. So, but he said like, this is China. I said, 
Oh, sorry, sorry. This is China. Go. <laughs> so he let me go. He didn't find me. I think if I start to speak Chinese, he will find me. He just like thought like, ah, it's too complicated. Start to explain this white guy like how it's working, and I need to like it's mafan. Time mafan. So just time mafan like, ah, means go, too much trouble. Go, 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 go. So it's yeah. So I'm a criminal and, uh, <laughs> and you do, you've uh, bad rider. Oh. <laughs> you've admitted it on on this podcast. Biker. I mean, still, I know that e-bikes are super convenient, and I think actually most of my friends have them, but I still refuse to get one just because the way that people drive their bikes here is insane. Like it really looks like chaos. Actually, Shanghai is much better. Yeah, but the thing is, when you have like a real bike here, you like have the same responsibilities with a car, you know.、Uh, so like even real bikes cannot go the same line with、uh, bicycles and electric bikes. You mean、uh, motorbikes? Yeah, real motorbike. bikes. You mean motorbikes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,、uh, but for electric bikes, and it's still kind of、uh, not that strict. You still can sometimes pass on the like、uh, zebra line or like you know、uh, the, the the penalties is not that strict. So yeah, in this、uh, people who riding like electric bikes or these why my guys、uh, delivery, delivery guys, guys, it's a bit messy. Yeah. So but I know you need to relax and feel the vibes. But the thing <laughs> is, you will you never relax. You never relax because guys here like oh, even on cars sometimes they don't for example. Uh, turn on the、uh, turning lights, right? Guys on the bikes, they don't use it at all.、Mm-hmm. Like ninety、mm-hmm. percent don't use. So s- suddenly he want to like turn right, and like he turn right,、yeah. and he didn't know about this, you know. Or suddenly he want to stop. This is just stop because he has a call. But all the line is going, and then he stop. So you need to be prepared for all cases.、Mm-hmm. So that's why you don't need to have a、uh, high speed here.、Uh, also. But you know what? Because they so chaotic, but they don't have a lot of traffic accidents. You know, because why? Because no high speed. With my forty-five kilometers maximum, I overtake like most people who even have a、uh, more powerful bikes. I can see like you know these delivery guys, for example. No, they, these guys are fast. Not a good example. But other people,、mm-hmm. they just even they have a more powerful bikes. They still riding like thirty kilometers, twenty-five kilometers. They 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 don't they don't hurry. They don't have this like speed rush or speed、uh, need. You know, <laughs> need for speed. Yeah, need for speed. <laughs> Because like in Russia, like everyone, like I don't know, on cars or motorcycles, like、uh, we have this proverb:、uh, which Russian doesn't like high speed? So、uh, kind of <laughs> not proverb, but the sentence. So everyone in Russia like high speed. So I mean, like it's messy. This minus, but it's not high speeds, so you are you are safe. Sorry, I think the other reason that I wouldn't ride an e-bike is because I have a very good friend, and he basically treats the scooter like a moving chair, right? In the sense that he is now basically always sitting down. He's either lying down in bed, sitting on his sofa, sitting at the desk, or sitting on his scooter. Like he's basically never walking. And he was telling me that he's gotten so lazy that even to get to the shop from his house, 
which is about 30 meters, he would just get on the bike instead of walking the 30 yeah, meters. Yeah, I throw my rubbish with the bike. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it's, I mean, he is, he's particularly lazy. I think he's, he kind of, he's kind of quite proud of his laziness. But I think that bikes can make you far more lazy than you originally were because it's so convenient. But faster. Actually, you don't need a driving license for electrobikes. That's why it's easy to take. Yeah, and that's one of the other things, right? So at least with motorbikes, you need to pass a test. So there's all these like millions of people riding around wild on these e-bikes, and they don't actually know how to ride, how it. To ride it. I mean, it's pretty easy. I've ridden my friend's one a couple of times, you know, just up and down the road. But still, like, they don't know about the regulations and the rules and the laws and when to turn and when not to. And that's and you can see it because they turn wherever they want. They stop wherever they want. They go on the pavements very often um, on their bikes. So, I mean, it's still a little bit messy. But as you say, it's super convenient. It is convenient. Um, but I have a car's driving license. Do you have it? No, no. You've got English. one in China? No, 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 no. I have a Russian one, which is like international version, which I can use everywhere in the world except China because like China is special. <laughs> yeah. They, like the thing is their rules is almost the same. It's for example even I can use my driving license even in Britain which is like different directions uh, it's opposite right uh, traffic. But in China even like it's almost the same with Russia I still need to go and pass the test. If I have international like my own country driving license I don't need to pass the practical test. So I just need to make this test on uh, like on computer that I know the rules in China. But and actually I can pass it even in Russian language but Russian translation is horrible. Really? Because actually that doesn't surprise me because I know this guy who's been in China for about 15-16 years. He cannot speak a word of Chinese. Literally cannot. He cannot read, he cannot write, he cannot speak any Chinese. But he drives a car. You don't and need it. And yeah, this is the thing. I mean, he he lives in in a town, probably about two hours drive away from Shanghai, but he works in Shanghai. So every weekend he drives there and back and he can't read any Chinese or speak any Chinese. So I always wonder, like, what if you get tr in trouble with the police? What if there's a road sign that you don't understand? Like, I have so many questions about this. There is no words of science outside. This is a sign. That's why it's like not for reading. You know, the only one thing is like, Uh, character man is like slower of like something like this but uh, usually it's still the the sign so you just like remember the sign so you actually just need to know signs and you barely see any police outside uh, like on the roads it's all cameras all cameras there are few situations when you can see police guys outside it's when it's anti-alcohol checks alcohol checks and <laughs> yeah i see that quite a lot especially late at night police will be flagging down cars and then doing breath checks yeah so i spent more than eight years in china right? almost nine wow <laughs> and then i didn't pass the test yet and all this time i had a russian driving license because i don't need because i always was have been living near my office and here i getting like electro bike i just like don't think i need to uh, spend my time in traffic jams here but now i want to pass this test because uh, our new travel project and the youtube thing i want to rent a car and drive by myself in rural districts in china so now 
I mean, like next time we can talk more about driving license and like passing this test and uh, translation in English is actually funny and the question is funny. I started to prepare and probably I will pass it in like in October or November uh, after after nine years without driving license in China. Okay, so one of the reasons that we haven't released a podcast for such a long time is actually because I've been away. I've been filming a TV show, which will be coming out very soon. Um, Dating TV show. <laughs> or not quite, but it's a Mango TV and Discovery Channel mm-hmm. joint venture. So it's going to be broadcast in China and 42 countries around the world. So by the time you hear this, I will be Superstar. very... Superstar. Yeah. And, and probably the last episode. Other. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe I'll be famous. I don't know. Who knows, right? I left shortly after Artem moved to Nanxiang. And he took on this new lifestyle, this new regime. So I've always been into the gym and health and fitness. And I talked to Artem about it because, you know, he was before. He's like, I started go to gym with you. Oh, yeah. We work. Yeah, yeah, we used to go to the gym together. And then we work shut it down. (laughs) (laughs) And then we work shut down the, the gym inside the building. And so Artem stopped. But anyway, so I've always been impressing this upon him. So I come back after a month and a half and Artem has just become way bigger. I mean, noticeably bigger. Like he fits into his shirts a lot better. He's got way better posture than before. He used to be this weird, skinny little geek freak. And now he's and now he's like this Russian muscle man. And the transition has been incredible. <laughs> okay, this is like too extreme in the in the both sides, in the sides of like a little geek and inside a muscle, a big guy. So you need to like, uh, yeah, fuck. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so I use this app called Shred on my phone, and I really love it because it gives me exactly what I need to do. It shows me what I've done before. It tracks the weights I've been using. It sets me a specific goal and so on and so on. And I've been pushing him to use it. Um, And you did download it, right? I downloaded, but then it became such a routine. Exercises could be different, but the coach is the same. The interface is the same. It's every time the same app. And I don't know, it's like boring for me. Every time I was avoiding gym just because of routine. I prefer like maybe some sport, you know, uh, some where it's like competition element, something not with yourself competition. Okay, today I will get more uh, push-ups or whatever. I I don't know. It's not motivating enough. So I start just like to use YouTube. Every day I have different coaches. I just like changing different (laughs) channels and like, uh, okay, today I want to have a... Uh, have a workout with this beautiful girl tomorrow I will like, with this guy oh this my beautiful God. man yeah beautiful muscle of <laughs> man I'm like okay yeah and you can choose uh, just as interesting like some is funny on morning exercise what I do sometimes I put like the old USSR morning exercises you know like 30 40 years old with this yeah, it's so fun so I make it fun and the same again I uh, move to Nanxiang and then I have more time for focusing. I don't know. It's like really kind of rebuild my mind. One big plus of big apartment. I have so much space to do any exercises. So I have stairs and I can like hang on the stairs and do these pull-ups. So like big apartment, Nanxiang, I don't know, all this atmosphere let me start to make workout. 
but I don't want to go to gym yet because I don't need it. But you go to gyms and just like I want to ask you how many people go to gyms, the Chinese people, because like still I think it, it's very, it's booming now. Many Chinese people start to go to gym, but I don't think it's still very uh, mature industry in China. I have some thoughts and some insights on the gym industry in China. I mean, number one, I really like insights fitness. from a changing room. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I I'm really into the gym, and I've done a few sports projects with clients as well. So, interestingly, around let's say ten years ago, there was a big boom of gyms in China, and then five years ago, there was this big boom in people thinking. That sports would really take off in China. The issue with exercise and sports is actually you still have to expend energy. You still have to spend time, energy. You know you have to be motivated. So actually, a lot of the gyms they face pretty bad business. So you've got on the one hand you've got the mass gyms, and a lot of them have closed down. And then you've got the boutique studios, and they're doing okay, but that's really based on having very high prices and a very loyal customer base. What I would say about the Chinese fitness industry is that the accessories are doing a lot better than the gyms themselves. So Nike is doing way better than gyms in the sense that I can go and spend four hundred RMB and buy a Nike jacket, and I'll look and I'll feel sporty. And certainly, I can take pictures and and put it up on my social media, and everyone will think that I'm really sporty. I think it's the same everywhere, but not to the extent it is here. I think here is still very much more image focused than than anything else. I mean, like when I go to the gym, you'll see people like basically not doing much. Like you know, I remember actually I went to they the just gym. make selfies. It's the same. I mean, yeah. not not. I mean, of course, not everyone. But I remember very clearly, I went to the gym, and this lady took a a nightcha, a milk tea, in with her, and she was on an exercise bike, but moving at like one cycle per minute. And just drinking on this nightcha and playing on her phone, and I was like, "What are you even here for, right?" Because you're she's not doing anything.、Um, but anyway, the the point ultimately is that there's a big disparity between sports brands thought they could earn and what they do earn, because still it's still a cultural thing, right? It's still a social cultural thing. I think now the younger generation, people younger than us, they're very much into sports. And、But、they the, not into gym. Yeah, I think gym and sports both, both into basically into exercise, both into physical exercise. But people older than us, they're not, right? So, so the gym memberships, just like back home in England, I think almost all of my friends have a gym membership. Not even because we're especially into the gym, we just have it, and we go to the gym two, three times a week. But we're not like meatheads. But I think it's also about your wealth because in Russia, like gyms now getting popular, just because、uh, in big cities people still getting richer, and it's becoming more popular. Yeah. But before, in even now in smaller cities, people don't understand why you need to pay to gym. Like me, I don't know. It's not about money. It's about like I can do it at home. But for many people, they really don't understand why you need to pay to go to gym. Because like you can do this like outside、uh, somewhere or like at home, and you can buy some、uh, dumbbells 
and do it at home. So, I mean, like, the gym culture in Russia is, like, I don't know, coming from Soviet Union, I think. But our gyms were, like, not expensive, sometimes even free. Sometimes some people just made it in your basement. And so by yourself, everyone bring what they have at home, I don't know, somewhere. They make their equipment sometimes really, like, handmade equipment. <laughs> Then they do it, you know, like, uh, so make it easier and don't need to pay, not like these fancy gyms with a personal coach, all the things. So I think China had before the same problem. It's not only cultural difference. It's again about money. Still, like, not that many people are rich in China. And for them, like, spend, let's say, even 500 RMB per month on gym. It's quite high price. Sure, sure. And I think that then reflects how interested people are in the gym in China. So, and this is a little bit of a generalization, but I feel that in the West where people, some people take the gym very seriously and, and some people just take it as a normal thing. Here in China, you see a surprising amount of like really, really big guys. I mean, like massive. And they're like, it seems to me like if you're into the gym here, you're really into the gym, like really, really. Into. It's about getting big not just about being fit, right? And I think, you know... But the, from my experience, many, like, let's say, girls, they don't like really big guys. They look at them, like, on the freaks. Not, I mean, like, it's again about generalization. But from my experience, because, like, I'm skinny. <laughs> I have been always skinny. <laughs> And the thing is, like, most of Chinese girls, they don't care about that so much. And even... Many of them even like it. They say, I love skinny guys. And they say, I don't like these big guys. It's like, I scary of them. I like scary. She's, he's so big. He just like literally could like, uh, how to say, like... Destroy. No, <laughs> break. Break. I mean like, yeah, it's like he's literally break it. So, I mean like, for sure, like every girl love muscles, like abs. And when you have this good form, right? But... I mean, like, not heavy weight and heavy muscles, you know, the big thing. <laughs> well, maybe that's what they say to make you feel better about being a skinny <laughs> freak, right? But no, but I think <laughs> you can see it not only from what they say to me, but mm. if it matters, like, white skin, they will do all to mm. change it, right? Well, ultimately, I don't know what it is about this kind of hobby mentality. Sometimes I think it's because there are so many people here, and so it's... So it's very difficult to differentiate yourself, right? There's 1.5 billion people. And if you're Chinese, there will be someone who is almost exactly the same as you, right? Whether it's name or height or size or whatever. So how do you differentiate yourself? I think that's why sometimes people get really into these hobbies, like whether it's the gym or it's dance or cycling. Um, anyway, that's, that's a topic for a different day. I understand what you mean about how girls perceive guys' shape here. I think they can be a lot more forgiving if a guy has a belly or they're a little bit fat or, you know, these kinds of things. I, I saw that huge guys who are, like, into gym, they're, like, spending, I don't know, all their free time in gym. So they are getting addicted to these uh, hobbies. But in general, it's still, when, for example, in Russia, when guys go to gym, it means they for sure want to gain some weight. I mean, muscles, gain. This is the most, like, I don't know, 95% goal. And in China, they don't have this goal. I mean, these guys who, like, addicted, 
This is one part, but there are not like that many guys who do this. Most of them I saw, they just go there to get fit and to, and you said like because it's about image. It's about like, oh, I'm so cool, I'm going to gym because like, I'm, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's one of a standard of a, a modern good guy. This topic, I, I don't think I agree with you on. Um, I still think that the majority of the guys who go to the gym here, certainly in Shanghai, they're there to get big. I don't think people are just doing it for general fitness. Maybe they'll go for runs if they're into general fitness. But if you're going to the gym, it's because you're trying to get big. Okay, I don't go to gym. You go to gym. <laughs> you, you know better. I I getting it from perspective of my Chinese friends, and mm-hmm. uh, who like even goes there, they don't have this uh, because there is no demand on the gaining weight. I mean, like from girls again. Who is the the, the biggest like trigger? <laughs> who the biggest trigger always for gym mm. for girls and for guys really like mm. not for all but many go f- not for themselves and they're to going to, the get opposite to attract opposite yeah, yeah yeah sure so in here to attract the opposite sex for ch- chinese i mean let's let, let, let's talk about chinese guys they not value that much like say uh ass for example like a really fit ass like sporty ass mm-hmm. is getting now popular but usually no uh, they they more like will more value boobs, like, you know. <laughs> and the, after plastic surgery, you cannot like get the boobs bigger like in the gym, n- not that much, right? So I mean, like the fit, sporty girl is not again not that valuable here. I mean, like it's cool if if she is like this, but if it's not, no one cares. The same as you said, like a small belly or like skinny guy is not the let's say not top five features for you. Or I think ultimately in China the pressure on guys to look good isn't that high but on girls it is very high that said i think that is starting to change um particularly within certain communities you have been going to gym here like for a long time i mean before it started booming here this industry what is the difference like in like past few years well what I, I, what what I mentioned from like not gym guy, there mm. is like more and more promoters outside, and then when they see <laughs> foreigner, they're like chasing you the whole way because they think every foreigner, as you said, actually they're right. You said like in the Western countries, uh, like most almost all have a have a gym membership, right? So here when they see foreigners, they changing them. Oh, gym, 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 gym. Mm-hmm. So I see a lot of more and more, and before. Like in the shopping malls, there were not that many gyms. But now every new shopping mall have at least one gym. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I can see from this perspective, it's booming and this business doing well. Well, fundamentally, it's a real estate play. And in China, anything that's related to real estate and rent is a tough business. In terms of how I've experienced gyms, well, I actually came here for the first time in, to Shanghai in, I think, 08. And I did a one-week gym membership. I remember it was so different to how it is now. Like, the form, the way that people used to do weights. I mean, it looked really dangerous, actually. I remember the toilets used to stink of smoke. And Chinese people really love to smoke, and so much less now than they used to. Um, But people would, like, people like, finish a set. And a break go for a smoking set and then come back out to do another, you know, to finish off their exercise session. 
and now almost and now I almost never smell smoke in the gyms certainly in my gym now and other gyms that I've used around around town I mean now now they'll smoke but in the in the like stairwell of the building they won't smoke inside the bathroom so I think that's also like a, a cultural thing where where smoking has become less okay in the public space because it disturbs other people but also I think that people don't really smoke in the middle of their session anymore they'll smoke after actually I remember very clearly talking about smoking with a couple of local friends and they were like well smoking doesn't affect your health and I'm like what what do you mean and they their line of thinking was that going to the gym or running or playing football won't be affected by smoking I thought that was such a surprising thing to hear. But ultimately, I think people are becoming way more aware of their health, way more so. And you see that from, you know, the adverts for, you know, whether it's cosmetic or medical or, you know, dental or insurance, whatever it is. I think people are becoming way, way more aware of health and certainly in the big cities. And also one last thing is what's really funny is because I live near the Bund where lots of people like to run. You'll see that a lot of people are into exercise, but there's some of like the young guys, they'll be wearing all the gear, right? The headband, like the smartwatch, and then like special like bands and, and strap around their knees and stuff. And then you'll see like some old guys who are doing the same pace and they're just like running in jeans. I mean, straight up like running like office shoes and jeans. You're like, wow. Actually, you realize seeing this contrast no one needs to wear special clothes for anything. And when I go to do it, I just wear a normal, an old T-shirt, right? But the more you're here, you and, and once you actually start buying those gym sets, those gym clothes, you kind of feel more empowered. You feel, you feel like a sporty person. Like you feel like you want to go do something with these new clothes. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, the, the thing is, China is still quite sporty nation. I think so. I mean, like, maybe not that generation, like, of 70s, 80s, but the people who are, like, older than 50, they're into sports. Yeah, I agree completely. I think 70s, 80s, it, it dropped down a lot. Um, but the older people, they love to wake up very early in the mornings. They'll do their Tai Chi in the morning. They'll do dancing in the evenings, you know, in the in the squares with music. It's actually a very active nation. I think it dipped like you said, in the 70s and 80s for, for people born in that era. And even young people, it's maybe they don't do that active Taiji Chuan or something like in the parks, but uh, it's okay on the weekend to go and climb the mountains or like make some trekking at least, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because it's kind of, I don't know, it's cultural thing, go mm -hmm. to the mountains on weekends and somewhere. Mm -hmm. And for this, even like, let's say you go two times in a month hiking, it's it's already good. Mm -hmm. Like for one weekend, you just hike. Yeah, and jogging. I mean, like every everyone runs runs here. I think like a lot of people run in China. And the th the thing is, before Nike and other companies come here, the guys were just like in the factory areas. The walkers, as you said, like they were just like wearing jeans or their like uh, work they, they, clothes. They, yeah. were they just go running. They didn't know anything about like special apps, whatever, <laughs> like special calls for this. They just went for running. It was okay. Mm. When we say about like shape and all the things, uh, when you do it for like your appearance, maybe 
it just like coming to China. But mm-hmm. originally, it was quite sporty nation. Always, if you compare Chinese life expectancy, it's quite high, and especially if you like notice the the like incomes and the healthcare system. Even before, it was like it was poor country, and they still they live quite long. If comparing with other developing countries, like even with Russia, I thought it's actually very the life expectancy in Russia that is pretty low, really low. Yeah. So why did you say even for Russia? I know. Should we comparing to like Japan mm-hmm. or something? Anyway, um, I cut, I think cut, I understand cut, cut. what you mean, but at the same time, you've got to remember the people that we see on the streets is like a fraction of the people in China. One because we live in Shanghai, and that's. Very different to other cities, and number two, our old office building had like four thousand people in there. Where I live now, there's probably about over a thousand people living there, and you'll only see like a hundred people on the streets, right? Like running. So you've got to remember that. But also at the same time, there's this real the and the habits, right? So actually, a lot of people smoke. And when I was younger, and we used to come to China when I was a kid, God, everyone smoked. I mean, more. People smoked more men smoked than not. I would say back then. I mean, really, it was so bad. But then they also have these like very healthy habits, like you know, tai chi, drinking tea,、um, rolling those balls around in there. You know, those metal balls that they like to roll <laughs>、yeah. around. You know, these kinds of things. So it's it's this weird disparity between and food. Yeah, and the, the food is the food can be pretty healthy as well. So it's very interesting. How they balance these two things out, and I think actually one of the biggest blights on China is smoking. It's still a terrible, terrible thing, and so many. I don't know about real numbers of Chinese people who do at least every day workout in gym, outside, at home, whatever. But I can see old people and like older people. It's like fifty, sixty years. They're quite active. They, I don't. They really active and they go out and you cannot be that able to move if you don't do it in like when you're younger, right? So ultimately, I would say that the thing in China is about being healthy. You don't have to be like massive with loads of muscles or、yeah. anything like that. It's just about pure health, like yeah, you know, natural health. Yeah. And so that's why they, you know, when whenever they look at foods, they're always like, "Well, this is good for your joints, or this is good for your brain, this is good for your muscles, it's good for your skin." Right? So like this health, rather a physical fitness,、uh, rather than a, a focus on physical fitness, like maybe we do have in the West. Actually, I just realized that Chinese people are into body positive, really, <laughs> and this is trendy now. While gym is coming here, all the world talking about body positive. You don't need to have like a very fit ass, like or girls can have a small belly, even big belly is okay. I mean, like whatever. It doesn't matter how you look like. It matter how you feel like. <sighs> okay, I, <laughs> I body positivity is something that I I think is actually not very healthy at all. I think it's just an excuse for people who don't want to go to the gym to make themselves feel better. Mm, um, okay, this is a big topic. Now I find the way to describe Chinese attitude to gyms, at least like previous generations.、Mm-hmm. Well, actually, at the same time, like they are very direct when they're like, "Wow, you're so fat!" Oh, 你好胖哦！哦，你好瘦啊！ You know they'll say stuff like they,、oh, they、so、don't got offended about this because it's、oh, it's okay. It's just a statement, yeah, right? Yeah, But yeah. they still notice it. They notice, right? I mean, this they notice it enough to say it. 
Yes, but people not get shamed with this. That mm. means like it's normal to have mm. a belly. You can got like belly. They say, oh, you're getting fat. But mm. that means it's nothing like so bad in it. Mm. You know, like it's just like a yeah, fact. But uh, in why it's not polite in Western uh, cultures to say something about appearance. Because we like really have, you don't feel good when you have fat or you mm-hmm. have a belly, or a very skinny guy. I mean, like, not all people feel good about this. They cannot change it because of their health condition, or maybe they're lazy. I don't know. It's different factors. But again, about, yes, yeah, sometimes this, uh, I think body positive is a good thing. I mean, like, it doesn't put you in these frames of a society. I wish, standards. Could, I wish this was a video podcast and you could see my, my eyes rolling to the back of my head when you say that. Okay, okay, okay. We stop on this or it will be like endless conversation. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys, for your time. We really appreciate you listening. And we would really appreciate if you left some comments and ideas on our Instagram and LinkedIn and so on. You can see that the concept is changing a little bit. We talk about a few topics that we've come across in our lives recently and then we expand those topics and go into more detail. Yeah, because we realized after just like searching for China podcasts, it's almost about business technology, some like big companies, like some really general and big topics. It's uh, too high from the daily life. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. The topics... Yeah, and my new body, muscle and body. New, actually, and surprisingly, so many new things uh, all over. <laughs> your surprisingly muscular body, and your new e-bike. Yeah, and my new apartment actually. <laughs> <laughs> new everything, right? Um, actually, everything is new. Everything that you've got okay. now is in the last two. Young three Artem, months. let's call it Young Artem. Artem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've got so that's actually true. So new apartment, new bike, new body. New life. And we were discussing me. Amazing. Because you were like, uh, I don't know where, on the, some show and nothing <laughs> happening. Maybe you're becoming a star and maybe not. Well, I'm <laughs> getting new things every day, you know. I do that show is coming out on the 27th of September in China. And I think on the 8th of October across the world on Discovery Channel Asia. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm actually very, very curious as to what the effects will be in terms of, you know, almost in this kind of anthropological kind of study, because this is my industry, right? I deal a lot with with small celebrities and, and influencers and media, and I'm interested to see what happens when I actually put myself in that experiment. So we'll see. And that maybe will be a topic of conversation for one of our next episodes. Okay. But then Artem will have to pay me to be on that episode because I'll be a star by then. Okay. Yeah. Let's. Uh, and also, if you want to contact. Ra- okay. <laughs> if you want Lucian stay in this podcast, we <laughs> launch a crowdfunding campaign now on Kickstarter. Like a young. Yeah. Just be honest and let us know and let us know how we can improve because that's all it is. It's all the time improving and learning. All right. Thank you very much. My name is Lucian. And my name is Artem. And together we are Young China. Fuck, I forgot it's to like, say it. like It's like in a school, you know. Yeah, okay. It's like a teacher. Uh, Young China. <laughs> we are like a uh, uh, you know, team. 
<laughs> All right. So my Billy, name is Lucian. You know, Blue Wolves. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much for listening. My name is Lucian. My name is Artem. And together we are Young, Young China. China. All right. <laughs>